episode of Buried the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And thank you for joining us on this delightful Friday. Today on the show, we are talking about mental load. We're talking about um, the sensitivity of males. And we are talking about plus-size athletic wear and why it sucks. let everybody know that we just recorded this episode but then our technology blew up in our faces so i hate technology me too jeez this is so this is round number two for us but we're gonna try to make it equally as good as the first one was that you will never hear it is it, it is a two-woman show i also feel the need so we're trying to like record and edit on the fly and do all this fancy computer stuff and watch for error messages popping up from across the room <laughs> the pinwheel of doom but oh man um but how was your week it was good. Uh, we had the long weekend, so I did absolutely nothing, which was great. That's always the best. I just kind. needed like three days to sit in my apartment with my cat watching Netflix. It's just what I needed to do. Um, but I did the one thing I did do was go out to the the night market that uh, was at the Red River Exhibition Park. Um, and I don't know if I'm just dumb <laughs> or if I didn't read the Facebook event thing well enough. But it was outside and I did not know this. So you were dressed inappropriately? I was. I was wearing like the same pants I'm wearing right now. These linen sort of crop numbers. Yeah. And just a jean jacket and Uh, a tank top. It was cold. And the sun was down because we went at 8.39 o'clock. Of course. Because it's a night market. Mm -hmm. And I... As the name implies. Right. And I foolishly assumed that it was going to be in the building that's right next to where they had the festival because it's a big hall i thought right i thought all the vendors would be in the hall and then the food trucks and stuff would be outside i think that's a reasonable assumption <laughs> it was wrong assumption. but it was a wrong assumption um so my friend and i did a couple laps around and and uh looked at all the vendors and things but we were both freezing so we just oh, uh we just ended up going to the grove <laughs> What did you do this weekend? Um, we went out to the lake, which was like delightful, even though um, it was kind of raining off and off the whole time. But that's okay because you can just read books and play Scrabble. Mm-hmm. My poor little niece, who just turned one, had a horrible cold, so oh. I felt for her. It's it's rough when babies cough. It's like it seems unnatural. It's like you shouldn't be dealing with that. You're a baby. Yeah. Um, but you know, she was a trooper. She hung in there. But kind of a bummer end to the long weekend when you start, you know, getting reconnected to your phone in the city and mm-hmm. you see horrible news out of Manchester this week. Yeah. Um, so this week has been kind of kind of a kind of a sad one. Yeah. I'm thinking about like who the targets were of that attack and how they were girls mostly. Like girls, mm-hmm. young women, teenagers, gay men. Like it was clearly hitting a Ariana Grande concert was clearly specific demographic. It was yeah. strategic for sure. But just thinking about, you know, girls going to what was probably their first pop concert and how excited they would have been and how that experience is completely marred by a horrible act of violence. And then people online being like taking the opportunity to make jabs about like how bad Ariana Grande's music is. It's like your opinions right now, like not the time. Right. And it's just, it's so frustrating how girls continue to not be able to just go out and enjoy themselves. Like, they have to have their music taste called into question. And they Mm -hmm. have to be trivialized and not taken seriously. And just, 
There's so it was many... just gross. There's no other word than gross. It was gross <laughs> all the way around. Like just, just stop. And I was thinking about fangirls mm-hmm. and girls who love music and how that's, you know, your first concert is so important. Yep. And thinking about all the girls that I've seen at pop shows, because I've reviewed a lot of them. Um, when I was music writer at the pre-press, it dovetailed with a time when a bunch of like the big names were coming to town. So mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Pink, Lady Gaga, I reviewed them all. Mm-hmm. And it was always so boying to see the young girls there who were clearly it was their first show they were so pumped they had glitter on the cheeks they're ready to go and just like when the lights go down and the arena goes dark and they're all screaming and it's just it's such a thrilling thing to see because it reminds you of you felt how you felt you know when you were experiencing that what was your first concert my first concert was the offspring oh wow in edmonton oh and I got to meet the band. So not only did it, was it my first concert, I got backstage because my mom is a genius. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they were doing a meet and greet and we got passes. And it was yeah. just, it was, yeah, it was a totally electrifying, game changing moment. Of course. Yeah. So you just kind of feel bad for, for girls. And I feel yeah. bad for the girls, obviously, um, who might be feeling traumatized and it's going to be a while before they can go experience back live yeah. music, or maybe they won't ever go back and for people like jen and myself who who are so invested in music mm-hmm. and spend so much time consuming live music the thought of, a, of an experience like this deterring someone from experiencing all these other shows in the future is mm-hmm. really heartbreaking absolutely so what was your first concert uh backstreet boys uh, i was seven. classic yeah i was seven they were playing in the old winnipeg arena um and i loved it it was great it was amazing yeah, yeah like you just remember that feeling you know yeah so i remember exactly what i was wearing yeah it was a lime green maxi skirt with flowers on it and matching t-shirt top because i was seven it's pretty styling so yeah these are the these are the memories that you that you have forever and to know yeah. that so many people not only lost their lives but mm-hmm. the ones who who made it out are going to have this sort of traumatic memory is just really upsetting so that's our message for girls your fandom is inspiring it is not yes. embarrassing you are should love what you love without apology and that is resilience right there keep going to the concerts so our first uh subject for the main segment today. (laughs) I have to describe what just happened, which is, as most people know, we record this podcast in my basement and Samson is often involved in it and he would not relinquish his spot on the couch, Darren, just now. (laughs) Samson is a dog. Samson is a dog. A little furry white dog who is now leaving. (laughs) Bye, Samson. (laughs) Anyway, our first uh, topic for the podcast today is mental load. Yes. Are you Jen, familiar with this term? I mean, only because you mentioned it to me a couple days ago, but can you please uh, inform our listeners? Yes. So I started noticing a little like blog post, comic, illustrated blog post, getting mad shares on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a dealing with mental load, which is just the idea that there's sort of the work we think of as work and labor and the house and also at your job. But then there's also all the stuff that just lives in your brain. So 
keeping a bunch of balls in the air, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to remember what's on the grocery list. And I have to remember, oh, I noticed that we were running out of toilet paper. And, oh, like, got to make sure I do that load of towels. Or, right. oh, that permission slip has been sitting on my desk forever. Mm-hmm. Or I need to make sure that, you know, little Janie brings five bucks to school for hot dog lunch. <laughs> right. I'm really dating myself. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, you know, like, all those things that almost always fall on to the woman of the household yeah who is often treated as a project manager instead of a coworker. right so the blog post which was written by a german woman named emma and was translated into english we don't actually know that she's german but her name her, we, we heard the title yeah. of the article seems german to yeah me. um is you should have asked which is people are willing to help but they often phrase it as oh you should have asked i would have helped i shouldn't have to ask like you should just you should just help when you see a problem right been there um so i thought it was really interesting and kind of explained the phenomenon in a really easy to understand way and um it was clearly resonating with people because overwhelmingly the people who were sharing it among my facebook friends were Mm -hmm. guys Mm -hmm. which i thought was great and kind of acknowledging oh i do this to my partner all the time and right. I treat her like a project manager right. instead of a coworker. And the example, um, this blogger gave was just, she was at a friend's house and Fred is trying to like feed the baby and cook something for dinner and a pot overflows. And the husband is like, Oh, like, what are you doing? And the woman's like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm doing everything. Is the problem. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of makes you reflect on your own life and how yes. we kind of subconsciously fall into these roles too. Mm-hmm. I think. You're a planner and an organizer. I'm a planner and an organizer. And I find, I'm like, maybe that's why I'm tired all the time. I'm going to guess that's 100% why you're tired all the time. (laughs) Because I don't know if people realize, but there's an incredible amount of planning and organizing that comes along with our jobs. Like we schedule interviews. We have to schedule photos. We have to plan for deadline. Like a lot of it is planning and it's mentally exhausting when it's very busy, which is what my season is right now because festivals are coming up Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then also at home, if you're doing that same kind of mentally exhaustive planning without even realizing it, like, that's why everyone's tired all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like, it takes a lot of mental energy to remember the birthday cards and to remember, you know, all those things that kind of don't seem important or less valued, but make social structures exist. Right. Like... Someone needs to remember the potluck dish. Someone yeah. needs to remember to return the sweater. Yes. Someone needs to remember all these things. That kind Someone of makes- needs to unload the dishwasher. Someone needs to do the laundry. Someone needs to do all these things. Exactly. And and anticipate needs down the line. I think that's the biggest thing is the uh, to be able to anticipate the need. Uh, I find that that happens. Women generally speaking are are much better at that or are do are forced into doing that more often and it also makes me think like what's it like to not have to worry about all these things like what is how freeing must that be I guess you wouldn't realize it if you're not doing it but man someone tell me what it's like (laughs) I know like um the writer of this post used an example about like just like a woman is like, oh, you didn't do the dishes. And a voice off screen is, well, you never asked. It's like when we ask women to take on the task of organization and at the same time execute a large portion, in the end, it represents 75% of the work. Right. And I would believe that. Oh, so yeah. I think when we 
tried to record this podcast before, you would ask me how, what the solution is. But yeah, how do you break out of that cycle when you, as sort of the person taking on the brunt of that load, like that mental load, if you are already taking that on and you aren't really supposed to have to ask for help, how do you break that cycle? I think there's a few ways. Um, I think one of the things that we can do as organizational people and planners, organizationers is what I was going to (laughs) say, as organizationers, I think part of it is a willingness willingness to be a little bit more cool with things not being done the way we do them Mm -hmm. or up to our standard. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, though, I think starts really early, and that is with just the socialization of boys and girls. It's girls who end up doing chores as play. So whether it's a play grocery set or a play laundry set or whatever. My favorite is the play vacuum cleaner. My favorite is the play babies that shit their pants. (laughs) Why is changing diapers fun? Like what kind of message is that sending? It isn't. Um, And that we internalize that really early on. Yeah, that's true. And so I think that it affects our role later on in life and then we are seen as the project manager of the home instead of a coworker. and i think and i also think like it also is up to the other person who is maybe relying on the project manager yes to take initiative and to take an interest into how the home is run Mm -hmm. as this poster pointed out women are not innately gifted at folding laundry Mm mm-hmm you know, that's not a skill we were it's just born a role having. That we were given exactly, and if you don't know how to do something, you do what everyone does, and you Google it. Right. Um, you know, I don't. I didn't come out of the womb knowing how to like clean a toilet. Yeah, or a <laughs> washing machine. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like or that vinegar really solves everybody's problems at all times because it does. It totally does. We should do a podcast about laundry deadline. But yeah, it's, I think it's also about taking initiative and taking an interest in things that seem boring and unimportant yet are how, like, could you imagine if we just stopped doing all the things we do? I couldn't actually, I couldn't imagine. Everyone would die. So this is actually really, this topic's a good segue into a topic that you brought up this week. And I actually want to, before we get to that, I just wanted to Mm -hmm. add to which is, again, a good segue, that I think uh, the gender roles do play such a huge part because our parents' generation are probably the first set of women who did go out into the workforce at Mm -hmm. a higher rate. So when we are looking at people to emulate, right, like they would emulate their mothers who were mostly stay-at-home moms who Mm -hmm. took on all those household chores so then they continue to do that because they thought that's what they're supposed to do. And then we Plus continue. work for full time. Right. And then yeah. so we have adopted that from them. So and there's been quite a few studies about how women are still doing the bulk of the household labor. So the mm-hmm. unpaid labor, the invisible labor. Yeah. Um, and I read an article, I think it was a couple years ago now, about chore play and about like, hey, men, if you just like pick up your socks your wife will sleep with you, oh, God. which is such a <laughs> patently so gross, gross transactional view of sex I've ever seen. Oh, man. But also, yeah, picking up your socks is really going to make this, me drop my panties. Like, is this where we've real. come? Is this, I know. Where, this where we're at? But what we're segueing to is yes. actually a positive yeah. <laughs> evolution in gender roles. Yeah. Uh, so Jen and I were talking the other day and I, I had brought up the fact that 
I've been to an obscene amount of funerals in the last few months. I think probably five since the beginning of the year. a lot of funerals. It is. And it's like a lot of time to spend thinking about grief and like how people handle their grief and all that kind of sad stuff. For sure. Because it's different for everyone. It is. And I was uh, thinking how like I have never really seen my dad cry. Like he's a very stoic person. He's just not a very like visibly emotional person. And you said that your your dad is similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like I I can count less than a handful, like less than five fingers. But both of us, he's cried. But both of us have now ended up with partners who are men who are relatively sensitive. Like they will shed a tear or two on a semi regular basis. Although Jen did say, <laughs> "cries with abandon" was the, was the, the phrase <laughs> that I used. Sorry, sorry, Jen's Nick. Both of our partners are named Nick, so we have to specify. Um, but I that was one of the things that really is attractive to me about him is that he is so in touch with his emotions. Because I think a lot of times, um, and very unfairly so, boys are taught, well, you have to man up. Like, crying's for sissies, which is another way of saying crying's for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and really not allowing them to experience a full range of emotions, which are completely human um so yeah so I think it's I it's nice now I think because I think our parents generation was kind of the last of the children should be seen and not heard right and so I think even though people like to criticize millennials for being the participation driven mm-hmm. generation I think we're also a lot more in touch with our emotions because I think it was more acceptable right and I'm very curious to see how um our children, like the children of millennials, mm-hmm. how even more emotionally aware they will be as they grow up and how the world as a whole is going to be totally different because of that. I think a lot of those really rigid gender binaries, the sort of pink is for girls, blue is for boys oh, yeah. thing is yeah. going away, right? You're seeing a lot more boys play with dolls and a lot more boys wearing dresses and a lot more girls, um, you know, playing with trucks and mm-hmm. not really subscribing to these preordained yeah you, know, you have to like princesses that's cool if you like princesses but maybe you don't like princesses right i'm just i'm very optimistic and very thrilled to see sort of how how people in leadership roles their the way that they lead changes because of being a more emotionally aware more empathetic you know and the way that kids are celebrated instead of ridiculed like yes. i remember there's two viral stories that i'm thinking of one was about that little girl who is like her bestie in life is that horrifying plastic lawn owl oh, yeah i love that one <laughs> and and people love it you yeah. know or the girl who showed up to a princess party in a hot dog costume. oh she was my fave and again you see these stories being shared positively being yeah like yeah it, i think it is i mean the idea that it's okay to be you and me is not a new idea, but no. I think it's something that um, it's always encouraging to see that on a really large scale and to have stories like that be shared really positively. Mm-hmm. So, um, Less positively. <laughs> you tried to buy shorts this week. I tried to buy shorts and it was a very unsuccessful venture. Um, I have not played soccer in probably 12 years. I used to play a lot when I was in high school and in junior high. And uh, my boyfriend signed me up to be on his outdoor soccer team. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. Uh, So I went and I bought my cleats and I got my socks and shin pads and all this stuff. Last thing I need to get 
pair of shorts, soccer shorts, not, you know, spandex biking shorts, not booty shorts, not jean shorts, just a pair of like athletic shorts that are a normal length. Uh, And I went to four different stores. And apparently if you're larger than a size 12, it is almost impossible to find such an item. That is so frustrating. I was about to lose my mind. It was supposed to be like a quick Monday afternoon errand because the game was Monday night. And as I said, I went to four stores and the only options made available to me were full length yoga pants, either like straight ones or like flared out ones, capri yoga pants, (laughs) or spandex spandex shorts that either hit you like right above the knee or like are like booty shorts that volleyball players wear, you know, like really short, short ones. And all I wanted was a pair of like athletic shorts that like are, have room in the leg so that you can run properly, but aren't super, super short, like runner shorts. I don't know where this idea that larger bodies don't move around. It's so frustrating. You know, like the, why isn't there cute activewear in a variety of options mm-hmm. for plus sizes? I don't understand that. Like, it's so frustrating. And and I will say that if you do want a yoga pant, many options, many cute patterns, many things. But it's it's like this weird thing where they assume that all plus size women don't want to show their legs or don't want to mm, show their yeah. arms. Like, I don't care. I need to have something that I can run around in that's comfortable. I do not give a crap what I look like, <laughs> like as is proved evidenced uh, because I wore my boyfriend shorts because <laughs> I couldn't find shorts that would work for it. Um, so that's what I had to resort to was wearing ill-fitting man's shorts with too much room in the crotch because they need more room in the crotch, obviously. Um, and while we're all for breaking from gender norms, as been the theme of this, <laughs> of this, podcast. Of this podcast, we don't necessarily need, as women, that much room in, in the, the crotch. crotch. <laughs> it's true. So that's what I had to resort to. And um, my plea is to any plus size designer, please make some sh- soccer shorts that I can wear that are cute, too. As always, oh, raspy voice there. What was that? <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> As always, uh, the final segment of our show is what we're reading, watching, and or listening to. And as I mentioned, um, being home for three days was a great time to catch up on all of the Netflix shows that I have somehow fallen behind. I don't know how you can fall behind on TV, but sometimes there's I, too much of it and it's all good. That's how. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I, I uh, binge watched the entire third season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was fun it's always a very cute show but it's one of the few shows that I um have not retained anything of what's happened in the previous two seasons like I don't I honestly could not tell you one plot point from the previous two seasons um but it was very entertaining very cute and they kept using the phrase touch butts which made me laugh every (laughs) single time so it was it was worth it for just for that I I'm gonna do books again okay and then I promise that I will take a break from that (laughs) just this reading challenge I've been on but I read um an interesting it was like I didn't love this memoir I typically am a big fan of that genre um but I thought it was very compelling and it was uh, Ariel Levy's memoir the rules do not apply Mm -hmm. um she went through a harrowing miscarriage and she had written an essay about it that I had read before and then expanded it into a book um and just somebody who went through a lot of life in a very short amount of time and just kind of serves to illustrate the fact that not everybody will get everything that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was a bit, I wish it kind of delved a little bit deeper and I actually wish it was a bit longer. Um, I felt that it kind of was an expanded essay. Um, but I do recommend it because I think it, uh, I think it's a really good example and something that I want to see more of, which is just, yeah, you don't get to have it all. Mm -hmm. You might get some things at some time and you might not get everything. Uh, but I think there's just been so many books geared towards women about like having it all and striving to have Leaning it Leaning in. Right? Like, and it's just... I prefer to lean back as the hip hop song suggests. Or as comedian Ali Wong said, I prefer to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just, I liked that it was honest. I just wish it went a little bit deeper. And what are you working on next week, Jen? I'm working on my tan. Oh, right. You're on holidays. I'm on holidays. Oh, you lucky bum. <laughs> I'm actually not working on my tan. It's, I just burn horribly. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to do things like see John Mulaney and mm -hmm. get my nails done and enjoy your life. Exactly. It's going to be very nice. <laughs> and you're off for two weeks, right? I'm off for two whole weeks. I haven't been off for two weeks in, since 2012. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I'm very jealous. A week's not long enough. I've had week-long vacations. Um, I'm not claiming to be a martyr who has never taken time off in five years but i find that you adjust as you're starting to rest it's, it's like oh gotta to get go back, back. Mm -hmm. what are you working on uh, i have chili peppers this weekend they're in town and i'm actually doing a sit-down interview with um the guitarist josh uh a lot of people don't realize but when we typically do interviews it's over the phone so i don't get to meet people in person very often yes gone are the days where a publication will be like here follow this band on tour for a week yeah it's more like here go on a plane here's 10 minutes on the phone with this person <laughs> that you've never met so um so it's actually really nice to sit down and talk to him in person because it doesn't happen very often so i'm excited for that and then next week uh Cirque du Soleil is here so i'll be doing a preview for that and reviewing it on friday night and as always, you can find everything we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. And you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jen Zerati. And on both, I am at Naya Rebel, which is just my name backwards. And we'll see you next week. Bye.